You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and all things modern culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang, and thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Hope you're doing well, staying safe. And staying healthy, social distancing, washing your hands, all the things. Well, I don't know what day it is. I don't know where I am anymore. What is life? Um, wherever you're tuning in to this from wherever you are in the world, I'm just sending you a big hug. Okay. Um, yeah, this week's episode, I'm very... Uh, I'm very grateful because uh, shout out to Emily Chow, one of my listeners and a friend. Uh, Emily, you're amazing. Thank you for being a bright light in this dark universe and for your email uh, with your kind words of encouragement. I love you so much. And for your donation, ugh, all of the things. I'm so touched. But um, Emily reached out requesting an episode about self-care and how I happen to be coping with everything. And for this episode, I thought there'd be nobody better than bringing on my friend, Jennifer Chung, who is an incredible artist and entrepreneur and hustler and just a beautiful soul. She lives out in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, I know her as I know many people in my life through collaboration. Um, But Jen is somebody that has been on her grind for a long time and learning how to manage chaos, much like myself. But in this time of COVID, uh, she's been sharing some really inspirational stories about her journey with her health and with her body, with her mental state and everything. So I'm just really excited for us to be able to share the deeper parts and also the practical parts of our self-care practices. So I hope that you guys are encouraged and inspired and, you know, get some something good out of this episode so that you can apply it to your current state of being. Um we don't know how long this state of being is going to be. For those of you who've been listening for a long time, know that I'm in Los Angeles, in California, in the United States. There's a lot of ridiculous insanity going on in our country right now in terms of uh, protests and in terms of the values that seem to be very painfully American. And I say painfully because I can be very proud to be American sometimes, but it's been increasingly difficult uh, the last several years and the way that things have been regressing and devolving in my opinion have become more and more dire. Now I don't want to set this off on a gloom and doom note but I'm just calling it what it is. This is this is this is some nonsense. this is dangerous. And so um, as we're talking about self-care, I just want, us to be grounded in reality, not to be so fearful. Again, it's my disclaimer like every episode lately. Not to be rooted in fear, but to be rooted in purpose and to have our eyes open. Because I think that that's actually an integral part of self-care that I've been exploring and uh, doing my best to embrace especially in these past couple years in my life. Um, The older I get, the more that 
I am learning about what I avoid and what I try to self-medicate and what I try to numb myself to and what the consequences of those are. Now, I'm not saying it's, uh, you know, within our power even to clean everything up that's going wrong in this world, but we can all do our part, right? We can all do little things, including the self-care part. It's all goes hand in hand, how we can improve ourselves, improve our lives, improve our circumstances, and how that extends out into helping others. And there are people out there who really do need our help. Society needs our help. Humanity needs our help. We are in a tough moment right now. So given all of that, uh, it's all hands on deck. You know what I mean? We're all, we're, we're all in this together. And people are saying these statements over and over again, from celebrities to frontline workers to politicians to everybody. But there is truth to this statement. We are all in this together. What we do impacts not only our lives, it impacts other people. So um, in this moment of discomfort and in this moment where we need self-care more than ever and self-love, uh, think about also how self-love extends out to those we care about. And to greater humanity. Maybe you don't care about humanity. Honestly, I'm struggling right now. I'm really struggling to care about humanity when humanity includes a lot of people that I personally hate at the moment. It's tough. It's not an easy task. Um, and to love is so precious and so important and so sacred. But it but it ain't easy. And I don't think it ever was meant to be. You know, love is supposed to be a practice and an and a action and a state of being and it's not easy but it is worth pursuing um it is what we are we are definitely capable of and we gotta do do work in a way that produces what we want i'm thinking about solutions i'm thinking about answers um and so yeah that's my (laughs) disclaimer my intention my thought of the week of the year (laughs) whatever time is the time-space continuum, guys, it's it's a trip, you know? But I hope you're all doing well. Again, um, truly want you to be taking care of yourselves physically, mentally, emotionally. And uh, real quick, if you have the ability to support, um, do get your personal protection equipment. I am taking walks here and there while I am living here in L.A. and self-quarantining you know, 95% of the time. But when I'm out, I am seeing people, I am wearing a mask and I am seeing people without masks. So uh, it is best practice, uh, as far as I know, and I will continue to do research, to have personal protection equipment for yourself that's reusable. Let the N95 mask, let the surgical mask, let the proper um, PPE that's necessarily for frontline workers be allocated to them. Please look into how you can obtain one for yourself and um yeah take responsibility for your health and also show solidarity to everybody else that you're looking out for them as well and um please look out for people that are are suffering in different ways right now there still is an ongoing issue with the racism and not only in the states with asians and asian american people but Honestly, even in like China, I don't think anybody in China listens to my podcast, but um, that there are black people who are being marginalized and that there are black people in the States who are being arrested for trying to do good things while wearing masks and being, you know, perceived as threats. Again, not trying to bring the gloom and doom, but this is 
this is the state of the world. You know what I mean? And so as much as there's so much good and we'll continue to feed you all, we being me and my friends and whoever is on board with this podcast, um, there are people hurting out there. There are people who are suffering um, in more significant ways than others. And I think it it would benefit everybody to take a second to look at that and wonder what we can do to to resolve those things, um, to close the gaps, to help somebody who needs us. Everybody is a human being, and this situation applies to everybody, whether you're rich or poor, black or white, but there are groups of people that are suffering uh, more intensely. So let's be there for them, yeah? Uh, let's Let's do the right thing and be safe and loving. All those things. Um, Shout out to Good Fight. I got my reusable mask. And um, Good Fight is, they're donating masks uh, to frontline workers and to local establishments, not just local, but to establishments that need, um, that that have essential workers and that need protection. And so, uh, yeah, every purchase from Good Fight goes towards local laborers and equipment for healthcare workers and for other essential business workers and for the Good Fight team. Um, and uh, there's also masks that are being provided by Human Good LA, run by Jubilee Media. So shout out to them. Uh, take care of yourselves and get those PPE masks and also fill out the 2020 census because I keep pushing. If you're in the United States, fill out the census, be counted and make sure that uh, our dollars get allocated to you, to your community, to the issues that you support. It's very important that we step up and be counted. And pay attention, guys. This is a really important time. This is an election year in the United States. If you guys are not seeing like all of this insanity that's going on, it's our responsibility. We got to hold it down. We have to fight for our rights. I'm still learning about even all of the levers to pull in this freaking country because it's all crazy and backwards and insane. But um, we're going to keep fighting. <laughs> I'm fighting with you. And on that note, I'm very excited to present this episode with Jennifer Chung on self-care, self-love. I love all of you. I hope you enjoy. Ain't it funny? They tell me that I gotta find myself a honey With a lot of money And even if they had it, oh, no, it don't mean no Hello, Miss Jennifer. Hello, How are you? I am good. I'm grateful and I'm super excited to be talking to you today. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Your voice is a breath of fresh air right now. <laughs> Yours as well. It's so NBC. nice to hear someone else's voice other than my husband's and the dog's. <laughs> Isn't it? It's just like, oh, another human being. Exactly. Our standards of like human interaction are very, very basic at this point. But I, I personally am like really trying to relish that and be like, okay, it is this nice to speak to somebody else. Don't yeah. ever forget this. Yeah. And I love that people are Zooming more, calling more, mm-hmm. um, just taking advantage of the fact that you can call up somebody and just say, hey, like, I want to hear from you. It's so nice. Yeah. I'm actually, I, I had a, a couple family Zooms till now. And mm-hmm. it really, I was like, wow, why have we not been doing this all along? Like, this mm-hmm. should be a weekly thing. We all live in different places. <laughs> like, we could have been doing this this whole time. Yeah, honestly, I haven't actually gotten to do a Zoom session or something like that with my mom and my brother. So I should do something like that. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, where's all your family right now? Where are they all scattered? 
Yeah, so I live in Atlanta, Georgia. My mom lives in San Jose, California, and my brother lives in Irvine, California. So we're separated in that way. And my parents split, so my dad probably won't be joining for our call, but he's in Korea and we <laughs> talk every so often too. He's always calling, hearing about what's going on in America, wondering if I'm okay. <laughs> is he in Seoul or where, what part of Korea? He's in Ilsan. So Ilsan is like an hour away um, from the city, but it's actually where a bunch of like headquarters are for SBS, KBS, NBC. A lot of their, um, yeah, a lot of their headquarters for shooting is actually in Ilsan. Wow. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much about Korea. I have no idea. And I was just learning more about Tegu from co- coronavirus. I was like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. We're, we're juggling a lot. There's a lot of geography here in the States, as we know, and you're out mm-hmm. there handling mm-hmm. it in Georgia. So yeah, I do hope you get to talk with your brother and your mom soon. It's um, I mean, we're here connecting and talking about connection and like self-care. So it's only, it's like a tactic and a strategy. I feel like the whole world has been taking on to stay sane right now. Yeah. And, you know, because we don't know when we'll be able to all see each other again, um, it would be nice to just talk to each other all together. I think the last time we all got together was... Was, was it the holidays? I don't know. No, no, not even the holidays. I don't, I think me, my mom and my brother, the last time we actually got to see each other was 2018. Wow. I think. Yeah. Cause in 2019, I got to see my brother separately, my mom separately. See, I feel like that's pretty indicative of, of life in general that we are all very busy. Right. And so that's why I feel like this hard stop has been a harder stop because there's so much you don't really realize how much in motion you are until someone puts a wall up they're like yeah you can't go anywhere yeah my favorite part of it has been like stripping away all the unnecessary things i think Mm -hmm. i've been seeing like all those meetings that your nine to five would force you to do now you know you never really had to meet like i don't apply to that because i i'm i have my own business and we're freelancers but um i imagine like there are a lot of people that feel like, oh, I had been wasting a lot of time even at my nine to five because of, I don't know, regulations and normal Mm -hmm. things that they thought they had to do. Right. I mean, that becomes like a societal cultural thing, right? We just, we have a certain mode of operation and it becomes normalized and it becomes a standard. Like this is how it's supposed to go. Cause I, I did live the corporate life for a little bit and there was just a whole it's a culture. It's a company culture, right? Of meetings and one-offs and check-ins and, you know, all these, these, these things that I think have its utility. Like they are necessary. You have to check in with your teammates and like, you know, your bosses and things like that. But the speed and the intensity at which we operate, I mean, that's all, it's all man-made, you know, it's all human-made, not a requirement from nature. It's like, no, we, we're going to make it this way. We're going to move at this speed. Girl, how, okay, so I just want to sing your praises once again, because I already did during the intro, but your voice is so wonderful and you have been lending it to soothing our souls. How has that been? How has that been for you in terms of like being an artist? Because I know so many artists have been going off, you know, doing their live streams and their concerts and stuff. Has that been more pressure for you? I'm just curious, like, has it been more pressure for you to do that or has it been like therapeutic? You know, it's actually been a great time for me because I've gone through the struggles of trying to do music full time. And I don't think that every course is one size fits all. I've learned that for my life at this point, 
I am multi-hyphenated. So I do music, I do acting, and I have my business with my husband, which is a creative content agency. I run social media accounts. And um, during this time when people can't go on tour and can't do shows, um, a lot of them are having to do live streams, like you mentioned. And I've participated in a couple of them. Um, but I knew that when I made the decision that I couldn't do music full time because it just didn't make sense for me financially, um, because it is so uncertain, I had to create and develop different skills and also give myself the space to pursue things that I've always loved to do, um, like acting. But even now, like as an actor, I'm not able to go out on auditions. I've taped a few, but I have no idea (laughs) when that project would even happen, even if I did get it. Um, and I have a few projects that are on hold, but, um, knowing that I had my other business with, which is running social media, it's been fruitful, you know, during this time of uncertainty, social media is like the one way a lot of companies communicate with their clients. And it's also giving me time as an artist to share with people what I'm going through, how I'm feeling, how I'm dealing with things other than just the music. But I had been creating new tracks uh, prior to COVID-19. So um, I'm releasing a new song this month. I have a couple of other songs coming and I have a project that I'm working on with my husband. And um, I think it's just a reminder that even for all of us that have dreams and goals, like, I'm sorry, but like our purpose in life isn't just to create and die, right? Like we have to cultivate relationships and bring joy in other people's lives. And that has to be outside of yourself. And for me, like when I create music, like, yeah, it feels good if people listen to it, but it feels better if someone can relate to it. And um, even if I can't say like, oh, all my income is totally supplemented by people loving my music. That's okay because I let my pride die a long time ago, you know, and if anything, it's just total joy when someone shares my music and tells me their stories and I just happen to make money from it through streaming, right? And if I happen to get booked for a show and it's skills that I've developed, but I don't rely on that because it is also a luxury to be an artist. It is a luxury and a privilege to sing and play and not have the responsibility to worry about if you're going to feed your child or your family members. Like I don't have a child for that reason. Like I'm, I don't know if I'm ready to sacrifice the things that I'm going to have to sacrifice. Um, even though I've, I'm already committed to making income different ways. Um, I, I definitely see that there are a lot of artists that I respect and I applaud them for the work that they're able to do and live their life. But I could also see it being really pressureful for other artists thinking, oh, like, wow, they're able to just do that and they don't need to work. They're not struggling. Like, I think everyone's struggling to a certain extent, but we're just trying to make it work. Absolutely. I mean, you just, you dropped some really good gems right there, Jen, because it is an acknowledgement of like you, what I spoke about with a recent conversation with my friend, Ellie Lee, who's an actress and a host, but this, this lifestyle lends itself to killing your ego, even though you can start off being very ego driven. And I think, uh, the experience that we're all collectively sharing, I think in a lot of ways serves a purpose for all of us to have part of our, hopefully as much of our ego die as possible in terms of like having expectations and requirements out of life that you're not entitled to. 
You know what I mean? Like no one owes you anything. And life doesn't owe you anything. Life isn't fair. And it's kind of like when you think about when you settle down a little bit and you go through experiences that check you like for real and say, what are you willing to do? How far are you willing to go? What will you put on the line in order to get what you need and to be there for other people and to think outside yourself, like you're saying? It's so like I've been saying this on repeat, it's mad uncomfortable. It's usually the most painful and awful moments of our life. But those are usually those big turning points, right? Where you're just like, yeah, I've been kind of running away from the truth, which is I don't matter as much as I think I do, (laughs) or the things that I think matter don't matter as much as I think that they do. And there are different priorities and different ways to go about things where I'm not only thinking of myself and like, leaning on certain things to make things worth it. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? No, totally. I think that's why it's so important for people to um, self-check themselves in whatever career they're doing and thinking about what are their whys, taking time thinking about what are your whys and what are your goals. And it's okay if things change. Um, yeah, because for me, like, you have to have some type of belief in yourself to put yourself out there, right? Like, if I thought I was... <laughs> a terrible singer and a terrible writer who had nothing worthy of listening to, I don't think I would release music. I don't think I'd take the time to write music. I don't think I'd take the time to record it. But there's something in me that makes me believe in myself. Um, I think where I let the ego die is whether or not it becomes fruitful in the world's way of saying that it's fruitful. Like, I don't need to have it be a top charting song. I don't even need for it to be a song that gets on a playlist on Spotify and I don't need my idols or my peers to acknowledge it. But if they do, and if it does, like I'm grateful, but I'm still grateful for the fact that I get to record music and do what I love. But I think it takes a lot of time for one to really understand what that means and um, to not let other voices get to you. Yeah. Cause it still gets to me. Like it still gets to me, but it's still a daily practice. Oh, every day. I have to check myself on something like every hour. I'm like, am I okay? Like, <laughs> cause I have, to, it's, it's, it's become such an ingrained part of life. And that's why I don't want it. And I don't think that you are, but just in case it, it may get, uh, get twisted from my end. I'm not, not saying this in terms of like the holier than thou, like you guys should all do this. It's like, I I say it more like no, we no, should no. all, and I, I I get conflicted about using the word we should. I think we benefit all from checking ourselves. Mm-hmm. Great, yeah, pl- we great, benefit great all. There that, are yeah. there are actual like practical, positive results in checking ourselves that are again not fun a lot of times, but um, they're useful and they, and it definitely feeds a different part of you, which I think is like the soulful part and the spiritual part. This thing, thing that you just said, the part that feels like joyful and fulfilled and like you're doing something mm-hmm. good for humanity and for yourself. Right. I think that's like a really great place to be. And yes. I don't think that there's anything, uh, there's anything wrong with like shifting that focus. So yeah, if I could, if I could be like the omnipotent, <laughs> power that shifts everybody's mentality I would because I'd be like I think that would make people happy I think it would make people feel really fulfilled and not lean on the same old same old 
for like things that are very fleeting. Yeah. Again, it sounds very like spiritual woo woo, but girl, I'm all in on I that. I know, but I can't, I, I low key can't help it because I identify as a Christian and it's, it's been a lifesaver for me, honestly. I didn't grow up in a Christian home, so it's not about that. Um, it was like a choice that I made with my faith and it's kept me going and it's gotten me this far. And I know everyone's programmed so differently, but for me, it's what's kept me alive and kept me That's going. That's great. I love it. I, I've, I've had different conversations on faith and I'm still continuing. Again, I think faith is like a practice too. And it's a, it's a really like sacred part of any person. I've, I've like, girl, we could talk about faith for holidays. Cause I, <laughs> cause I grew up in church and then I left it and then I'm still mm-hmm. not like back in church, quote unquote, but I feel like there's part of church that's always with me and is never going to leave kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I definitely it's part lean of your story. on story. It'll be part of a story. Yeah. Yeah. And that's honestly, if we're talking about self-care and self-love and like how everyone's dealing with this, I think it's a huge key component. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, for anybody. Yeah. Like I, I've been going through a health journey. Um, mm. I mean, I could talk about this for hours, but please, you know, do. something I've always struggled with is just our appearance, right? Like if we're going to be people who are on stage or in front of the camera, people are always looking at you. I have parents who are both artists, so they had expectations of me, but also they're Korean. So there's different cultural expectations on how you're supposed to look. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and actually today, uh, I wrote this IG stories, like story of how, um, how it's been for my health journey. And I'm not saying everyone has to lose weight for their health, but I knew for myself I had to mm-hmm. because I had gotten to the point where I let my depression, um, literally be soothed by all the foods I wanted to eat, but I knew it wasn't helping me because of doctor visits and all that stuff. Anyway, I started working with the health coach in the beginning of the year. Before like COVID-19 was happening and I was talking about how it was a financial investment for me because working with a coach one-on-one and all that stuff, it's not cheap. And growing up, we grew up on food stamps. My mom was a single parent. She was a dance teacher. It was tough. But, you know, at this time in my life as an adult, I'm like, it's now or never. If I had the means, I want to invest in myself and I want to do things that make me feel good and learn about my body Mm -hmm. rather than feeling like I'm not enough because I keep comparing myself to other people's journeys and not just how they're living their life, but how they were able to shed pounds or whatever. Yeah. And so I worked with the health coach and it's the first time in my life where I feel like I'm understanding nutrition. And I even learned I wasn't able to spend money on food that I thought was too expensive. Even if it's like, okay, it's a dollar fifty more to buy organic lettuce, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, you just learn about what it does to you and your hormones. And I've had a history of having very irregular hormones. And so it's been really dissecting and peeling off the layers of why psychologically I wouldn't invest in myself when it comes to food and health. Yeah. And um, so it had it was a three-month commitment. I had it, I was able to lose like 11 pounds with her and a part of me was scared like how am I going to do this on my own I can't afford her now with like COVID-19 going on Uh but I just have to believe like I actually learned things and um yeah like after a two-week plateau I went on the scale today and I had lost another two pounds and it felt so good to know that I learned how to eat well and not let exercise be a form of doing something just to lose weight, mm-hmm. but because it makes me stronger. Like I'm, I'm 
strength training pretty much at home. And, um, yeah, like, cause psychologically you think, oh, I can't do this without so-and-so's help. But I think I just really needed to learn what my relationship with food was. And yes. I'm thankful that I've been healthy and I haven't been sick since. And I know that we're all so scared of being susceptible to what's going on. But, um, I, I wrote like the IG stories to encourage people that really like at my heaviest, if I think about my heaviest until now, like I've lost about almost 17 pounds wow. and there are people who will be like, Oh, I lost weight. Like I lost 20 pounds in a month. And I'd literally be like, what the freak? Like <laughs> that is so crazy. It's so hard for me. Whereas it took me, um, three months to lose the 11 pounds. But overall, what I was trying to let my followers know was, Hey, like I technically started noticing like my heaviest in 2016. So if we're going to really talk about it, like I probably lost 17 pounds in four years, you know, Mm -hmm. and how all our journeys are so different and it's okay. You know, there's no perfect number to what health is necessarily. But for me, I just wanted to share people like all of our journeys are different. As long as you're moving towards what makes you feel great and like love yourself, um, it's, it, timing is weird. Timing is not linear and yes. it's not similar to everybody, you know? Ah, I love it. Jen, I have so much respect for you because I think the journey with the body and just image, right. And how we feel in it and how we perceive ourselves is so <laughs> inescapable. It's just part of yes. life. Like you can't, yes. you, you go anywhere you want, go to Bali, go to New York, go wherever you want to go, girl. But like, you're going to take yourself <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah. And it's a big deal to reconcile that. And I think that for including me, like there's so many ways that we avoid it. And then mm-hmm. there's also ways that we address it, but in potentially problematic ways or damaging ways. And mm-hmm. especially with you know, I, I look at it very scientifically sometimes when I, cause I get all up in my feelings about stuff, but then I can step back and look at things on a very scientific level and be like, you know what? This is part of our DNA and our tendencies as humans, right? We mm-hmm. look at each other. We compare, we size each other up. We assess mm-hmm. each other. We assess ourselves. Um, and then on a scientific level, just in terms of health, there's so many measuring sticks of like what defines health, right? You could have a really fit body, but a really toxic mindset, right? So maybe you look like a fitness model that belongs on the cover of a health magazine, but no one wants to be around your ass. Like who knows, right? So how do you, that holistic view is what I've always been very interested in measuring, quote unquote, just like gauge. Okay, fine. I feel really good in certain relationships. That's great. But I also feel really bad in my body. I'm getting sick a lot. Mm what's that about? Like we need to check in Mm -hmm. on that. And it's a constant thing that I think we do need to pay attention to because there are consequences to us not doing that. Right. Whether it's like, like you say, and if you're open to like talking more about it, but like feeling really depressed and like having a bad sense of self is something that permeates everything, you know, no matter where you go. Yeah. Especially if you're like sensitive like me and uh-huh. very aware of like how people are feeling around you. Mm-hmm. It's tough to be an artist and it's tough to because you care about what people think and it doesn't even have to do with you. You mm-hmm. know, like I, I want to know, like, you doing good. Like, I want to hear everything. But especially when it comes to the work that we create or who we are, like we feel insecure about those things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think a lot of a part of my depression, it was like loaded. Like I had just moved to Atlanta and I didn't really know anyone. I barely knew my husband because we got married very fast and I wasn't really creating because I didn't know anyone and I'm a very collaborative person. Um, and in my twenties, like, thinking I was going to do music and I, I was a theater major, but I was in Georgia. I didn't know what the hell I was going to be doing in Georgia. Um, yeah, I think there was time where I, I thought I could walk away from creating, but I couldn't. And eventually I found my way back, but, um, I worked, you know, at a nine to five too. I was working at a um, tech startup here in Georgia. And that actually was the time I think I gained the most weight because I was working nine to five, eating whatever, wasn't really moving around. And I was so tired when I got home that that's all I did. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I knew it was time to go and I would come home and just cry. And it wasn't even like they were so mean to me. Yeah, <laughs> It was really just because I was unhappy. And I thought, oh, is this what it's going to be for the rest of my life? And soon after that was when I did a Kickstarter and I was able to come out with music again and I had to change gears, but I had piled on so much stress and so many bad habits that it kind of crippled me even in the midst of me releasing music again. Mm. And it took years for me to pile that on. So it's going to take me years to shed it off. But um, I don't think we realize how much we take emotions and let that live with us for so long that it literally weighs us down and it feels like we can't go anywhere. Yeah. It accumulates. And that's why, why I'm curious as to this adjustment of lifestyle and the, and then this, I think because of adjustment of lifestyle and the activity that you're limited to do does mm-hmm. create more space and more like forced introspection. Cause you have to think yeah. about things. You have to like, your brain is what has been on autopilot in certain ways and like chasing different stimuli. And now you got to like mm-hmm. check yourself. Um, again, coming back to that thing, um, to like really as- like self-assess. You're like, what are what yeah. are these habits? What are these feelings? Why do I feel so strung out or like needy for X, Y, or Z? Right. And so, yeah, I think it's great that I mean, I do not like hearing that you came to the point where you're like coming home and crying every day from work, but that's a very big signal, right? In terms of mm-hmm. your body and your soul and your mind all so like true. telling you like, girlfriend, yes, can help, we me. Talk? help me help you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> can we sit for a moment and work this out? It ain't eat chief. This ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Um, I mean, for me on the physical side, I've talked about this before, but I was, there was a year after a, a major breakup of mine that I was like mm-hmm. throwing myself into work. I was running collab and, you know, that, that ex and I had worked in collab so hardcore together. And it like, it was part of our identity, even as a couple. Um, Mm -hmm. and it meant so much because like, I wouldn't have even taken that job if he didn't believe in me and all this stuff. So like, but I just threw myself, I was so sad and like, you know, and I needed to, it was my responsibility. I threw myself in work and it was really fun in a lot of ways. I was traveling a ton and all this stuff, but I was getting sick every two weeks, dude. Like I was yeah. not taking care of myself, even though I was being hyper productive and hyper yes. 
you know, like living my best life, quote unquote, definitely on Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's just like Minji's jet setting here and there. And I get praised for that. But then the reality of it was like, I was not well, you know, like my body Mm. was shutting down every two weeks and I still wasn't stopping. So for that year, I think just around 13 months, I got no in a year, I got sick like 13 times. Yeah. Which that's crazy. That, that and that's right. the thing. Like no one, no one knows the toll your body is taking except you. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Mm-hmm. And so uh, whoever's listening to this, like if you think I'm telling you because, oh, because you're quarantined, you should be working out. Like I am not saying that at all whatsoever. I'm actually really grateful I started this before all of this was happening because I think my natural uh, instinct would have been to just self-soothe and um, do what I got to do to just stay in bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people just need to know themselves, like take the time to know yourself, get to know yourself and know when your body is saying no and know when your body is saying yes and wise, you know, cause mm-hmm. you know, with all your travels, like you were knowing that you're, it was probably, you know, getting to the point of, uh, to the edge, you know? Yeah, for sure. I had, a, I had plenty of flags and then, And then even if, so say even the middle of that, this is where kind of the practical side of, okay, fine. If you have to travel for work and this is part of like your lifestyle, then what do you need to do in between? Because that's really the part that I think the gaps were where I was letting things fall through the cracks a little bit too much and just assuming that my body would take care of itself, which it's not like we are the stewards of our body, you know, like we got to put good food in it. We got to sleep and like sleep has been still even in quarantine girl and i i'm curious like how your sleep has been because i've been hearing more people be (laughs) insomniacs but sleep is such such a crucial part of life like to rest and i don't rest enough like right by far that's i think my weakest um, point is that i just don't sleep enough and so even those practical things, like I'd always just stay up late. I would talk to people. I'd be chatting. I'd be on Instagram. I'd be watching Netflix, yeah. something and neglecting that part. And I'm like, girl, if you're going to try to maintain this lifestyle and you're going to keep traveling, you got to work and you want to work and you like it, then you got to counter that. You got to rest right. Be correct about that totally. so that you don't burn out and end up in the hospital somehow. So Did you, ha, have you ever listened to impact theory with Tom Bilyeu? Mm-mm. He's like a podcaster. Okay. Well, he talks all about, it's a, a lot of like inspirational or like scientific people. Mm-hmm. And one of them, one of the guests, um, actually there were two of them. They were talking about sleep and mm-hmm. how a lot of us, we believe that we're supposed to be sleeping like eight to nine hours or whatever. Yeah. But he said it, it really is unique to that person. And, um, sleep is very important. Like sleep, sleep controls a lot of things. Um, but I think, do you happen to have like an Apple watch or, or a Fitbit or anything? I did. I got a Fitbit at Christmas because I was like, I want to measure this stuff. So I've been yes. checking it. Yeah. So I have a Fitbit and it measures the sleep. And I think what I've learned is I really could do well with seven hours of sleep. Mm. And, um, I'm someone who definitely practiced insomnia way too much when I was in college and, um, onward, like, when I feel like when the sun goes down and then the moon is bright at two in the morning, that's when I'm like, Oh, it's time to work. Like there's something <laughs> about me that's like that. And I was listening to the podcast for impact theory. And he was talking about the specialist talking about how there is a certain percentage of people who are actually meant to sleep in and it would benefit companies so much more if they identified who those people were and they started work later for them. 
Um, yeah. And how it's just, we're all built a little differently, but I agree. Like I have to still be mindful of getting those hours in. Cause even though I'm like, yeah, I could function with five hours. I can tell when I'm not fully in anything that I'm doing. Um, Mm -hmm. if I don't get a couple more hours of sleep. So I like, if anything, something else I've been mindful of is drinking water. Yes. And I'm having to force myself to drink water because I'm really bad about drinking water. And, um, I can drink milk tea all the time, but when it comes (laughs) to water, I literally am having to force myself to like, if I have to start my day by drinking a whole flask, a hydro flask of water, otherwise like I won't let myself do anything else because I'm so bad about it. Girl, that's dope. I mean, kudos to you. I still, I'm trying to do the cup of water at the top of the day thing. And I'm doing, <laughs> yes. I'm doing these little life hacks. I swear, because I, I was like, I need to help myself. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, fine. Yes. is has been eternally my struggle to drink enough water. So then what can I do to help myself nudge in that direction. So my thing that I've been doing, A, I have like at least two cups in my room at any given time. So it's just like visual cues. Like, are you drinking water? Are you drinking water? But I started um, leaving uh, a full glass of water or cup of water by my bedside every night so that when I wake up, it's right there. That's good. Mind you, it doesn't mean I've been drinking it. (laughs) Like I'll reach... (laughs) But the option is there. It's there. And it's just, and it's reminders. You know what I mean? Like no habit. Like we're talking about building habits, which is so crucial because once it becomes habit, it just becomes an integral part of your life. You don't have to have so much effort, but dude, like forming the habit is hard. It's not going to catch on right away. So I'm just like being patient with myself. I was like, okay, you forgot until noon, but at least you drink it at noon. Now be better tomorrow. Like Exactly. Keep doing it. And I think that's what it is, right? Just um, doing like nice things for yourself. Like no one's going to say, oh, you drank water. You know, like (laughs) think think about like the good things that you could do for yourself um, and just try to implement it because, you know, we're in times where so many things are out of our control. Mm -hmm. But it's a privilege even for us to be able to drink water. Absolutely. For me to be like, for me to be like, drinking water is so difficult. But it's like, I should and I could. And so I'm trying for sure. I think as long as we try, you know, especially when things go up and running again, all of our schedules get so crazy. It's so easy to let things slip. So Mm -hmm. what are the things that we uh, don't want to let slip anymore? And we could create those habits for sure. And, and for, I I mean, I don't know what your timeline's like over in Georgia, but for LA, we just got our, you know, stay at home situation extended to May 15th. So we have, you know, at least like another month of, of this lifestyle. And even that is like a nice way to kind of indicate, okay, I have the next X number of days. What can I do? Mm-hmm. And I do know, see, here's my thing. I, I'm very type A. I'm very extra about a lot of things. So I do know that I'm, I'm always veering on the side of like, everyone go do this, like, go try this, go do this, go like maximize your time. And then I, I feel like a lot, I feel a little bit attacked slash seen when people post other memes on social media being like, yo, I don't have to do anything. Okay. I don't have to be productive. I don't want to like, and I'm like, okay, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But I I do want, and I, so I, this is me acknowledging that on air. And also I, I still want to be that because I'm I'm saying from a scientific side too, from a practical mm-hmm. side, from someone who's been obsessed 
and I don't say obsessed and like I'm praising myself. It is a little bit obsessive, right? But obsessed with like health outcomes and with yes. the direct biological impact of certain things. Um, there's a lot of times we don't feel like doing a lot of things that are good for us. So it's, right, it's right. a mix of monitoring yourself and being really true to like, what do you feel and what's right for you? And then there's yeah. sometimes to just like do some trickery on yourself and just do it anyway. We even, especially when you don't feel like it, like if you're yes. not drinking water, you don't feel like it. You don't want to, you don't feel like drinking, I mean, eating vegetables and you just want to eat Cheetos because girl, that's me every day, but me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, like doing things that don't feel natural or like comfortable, but doing it anyway, because it is something, you know, on a conscious level would be to your benefit. Um, and see how you feel after that, because once for me, my journey with like fitness and health and stuff was 100% vanity based at the beginning, right? Yeah, it was yeah. just about, I wanted to look a certain way. I wanted to lo- lose weight. Same issues with like Korean culture and beauty standards, which by the way, yes. if we could have a whole We will other, never satisfy. Yeah, we yeah. will never satisfy anyone's expectations, but. Yeah, we need to have a whole other podcast of just because I've been oh, dying to talk about K-beauty. Um, but like all those things, like where it started and where it ended are so different. That's why people call it a journey. You start on one step with this motivation in mind and you end up very, you end up somewhere different. And that's why I learned like through attacking the vanity ego part of me ended up being, oh, wow, I do feel different in my body when I work out. The energy that I have, the the kind of rest that I get, especially now because I have been hitting different levels of anxiety with quarantine now, like after a month in, it suddenly started hitting in a different way. I rely on my daily workouts, like daily. It's not like, oh, I'll just do like three times a week so that I like stay toned. No, to me right now, it's like a survival mechanism of like, okay, we're going to take a walk or we're going to get some blood flowing, do some jump rope, something to get my heart pumping because it literally shifts my biology. It makes yes. me, I feel like yes. I can survive the day for lack of That is so real. Dramatic and, and like people, people ask me like, how do you get motivated? And I'm like, literally, I had to hit rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I had to literally feel like I couldn't do anything anymore. And I, if I didn't want to give up on myself completely, I needed to say, okay, what's something I haven't tried? Mm. And that's what got me motivated. Mm-hmm. And like, for me, I understand. I do not thrive in shame. I do not thrive in being scolded and yeah. I do not thrive in being competitive. So it doesn't make me work harder if someone's like, oh, but this person's doing better than you. Like, I'm like, cool, cool. Good for them. Like, I don't measure myself in that way, but it definitely helps to know that there is something I can control. So I am someone who likes to plan things. And if there's a plan, then I will try to execute it the way that it's written out. Mm -hmm. And I just needed to find a plan that worked for me. And there are going to be people who, you know, shut off when they see someone like shaming them for sure. I would have been one of those people. But I think when it comes to me sharing how it's been for me to eat healthier, but also like I'm going to eat japaguri tonight, you know, like I eat things that I always loved. It's just, I don't, overindulge to the point where I can't breathe anymore and I don't want to do anything, you know? Yeah. Um, 
And so it's been finding that balance for me. And I hope that it gives people hope that if Jennifer can figure out something for herself, then I can figure out something for myself. It doesn't have to be the way Jennifer did it. Yeah. But I agree. Like for me too, like working out has been my therapy because you know, with health insurance and stuff, we don't have typical health insurance. We have this Christian ministry thing, but it doesn't cover, um, like having a therapist Mm. and, um, seeing a counselor and, um, you know, it is something that something else that we would have to invest in financially. But if I could at least help my endorphins rise by working out regularly and trying something to get my mood going in a more positive way, I still think it's, it's positive steps, you know? Yeah. I love it. And that's, this is where I think it is definitely clicking on a different strategic part of our brains, which I think strategy and creativity go so hand in hand. You're mm-hmm. faced with a different challenge. You have these limitations. You have these parameters like, okay, well then what can we do within these, this playground? Right. We just built a new playground. It's like we can't go outside, but I still need to be active. Like for me, I've been working out in my garage and I'm like, there's barely any cars going in and out. It's like, I think people, they leave like once a week to go get groceries. So I was like, I'm not scared of getting run over. There's not really that many fumes. So I've actually been working out in my garage because we closed our gym, right? Yes, and yes. Utilizing what you have. And then YouTube has been my best friend, girl. Like, and those, those, you know, YouTube athletes, like you can... We can clown on them all we want, but they're strong. <laughs> oh, so strong. Oh my God. Like, I was like, okay, um, you didn't even break a sweat, but I'm dying over here, like rolling on the floor and sore the next day. And that's like, for me, I got addicted to that feeling of like pushing my body. So, uh, it's, it's strategic thinking, but it's really like you're saying, even with like practical stuff, like health, health insurance, like this is something that is genuinely staving off sickness, right? They're yeah, cost yeah. of being sick. Like what if you're so sick and you can't even go to the pharmacy and get meds because like a quarantine and maybe they're on short supply, like nothing's guaranteed right now in this situation. Yeah. And, um, I think it's, it's just making us better practice. Um, and I'm curious if you are able to share, and I love, I also want to praise the fact that given the gravity and like the weight of all of this stuff that's so personal to us, the fact that you do put it out there, I I need and want to applaud your vulnerability. And I think that's why it is really difficult for us to face these things because it is a very vulnerable part of us to face. Thank you. Yeah, it is scary. And you get really insecure about like, ah, I'm going to just put my pictures out there where how I looked. And I think a part of it, though, has been um, radical transparency mm. and radical honesty has really freed me from my insecurities in a way. It goes mm-hmm. hand in hand because I know the fears I have of what people might say or what people might think. Yeah. But if I take the mic and I say the things that I've been feeling first and I tell them what I've learned and I tell them how I keep myself going, I know that there are people because they message me how they can be encouraged by it for themselves and they have someone to talk to because they know I'm going through um, what they're going through. Mm-hmm. And also if there are people who want to say crappy things, like that's on them because it just shows you're just an ugly person. And I don't need to be caring about what people like that think about me. And um, I think with social media too, I think a lot of people who are maybe more... Mm, 
influencers who may not have a lot of substance when it comes to sharing their vulnerability, I think they're being challenged right now because people don't want to hear about your like really cool fashion accessory right now. You know, they don't, they want to, <laughs> they want to hear about like what matters to you. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that is changing the way people put value in things. And um, if I can be vulnerable and honest, I think that goes hand in hand with me sharing my music. I think when people listen to my music, they'll have a better understanding of why I wrote the things that I did, mm-hmm. why I'm singing the things that I'm singing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think especially with social media, like it's a great way for people to stay connected during this time where they can't really see their friends and family. Um, and it's a unique time for creators because we get to really thrive and show like, this is why we do what we do. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that translates to every person, whether they're creative or not in terms of having access, like, for example, the fact that we're doing zooms and stuff, or we're calling people Mm -hmm. more, I think it is by default, inviting people into more personalized space. Like if you're on zoom, like everyone's home. You get to see inside someone's home. You get to see them in their natural habitat. And I'm very, uh, I kind of marvel and appreciate that part of it because you, we are, we have only been seeing people in a certain setting. We have been only Mm -hmm. seeing each other professionally in an office environment or on set or, you know what I mean? Or only through email. When you have access to someone, the inside of someone's home or their bedroom or even their dining, Mm -hmm. you get to see a bit of like, their humanity. And so I think that it's also part of this larger experience that we're having is by default, even if you're not like zooming from your home, but you're watching whoever you're watching newscasters and you're watching celebrities or your friends or whoever, everyone else is sharing their homes and their spaces and Mm -hmm. them, you know, with long hair that's unkempt and not cut for a few weeks or like, you know, they're not shaved or they're not, uh, wearing makeup the same way. It's like, we're getting a little bit more real. And I think it's a really unique transparency. Like you're saying this like radical transparency that we're all getting exposed to, I think is pretty cool. Um, but there's also the the darker side that we do need to recognize, which is we're getting transparency into like, I get political, like how, disorganized and misguided a lot of things are too okay but how many times do you see something that enrages you and you're like should i say something yeah (laughs) what should i do yeah what am i gonna say right now that's gonna make me feel better and then sometimes there are nothing there's nothing besides you just being mad and it's sad and sitting Um, in a pit of despair (laughs) yes yes and you know like i live in georgia uh, it's a red state. The city of Atlanta itself is blue, but majority of Georgia is still very red. And I don't um, consider myself a Republican, um, but it's it's crazy. And like there was something that went viral recently and it was like two white students that lived in Carrollton, Georgia. I don't even know where Carrollton is, but supposedly it's south. And like, you know, they made a TikTok that had to do with the N word and people put them on blast and. They were trending and they got kicked out. Uh, they got expelled from school, blah, blah, blah. And it's it's literally happening now. Like it was <sighs> happening 2020. And it's just down, down the state of where I'm at. And it's crazy. Like people are just wilding and being so overly confident. Like you said, like 
radical transparency happens in all different forms. So in that way, it should encourage you if you have good things to say, definitely spread good news, you know, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of hate that's very loud, too. That's and as we're talking about this, this self-preservation mode that we're in and caring for ourselves. I've, I've really been struggling. Um, I've been staying fairly on top of the news. I'd say more so it seems like from what I'm having in conversations, I stay on top of the news more than a lot of people and I get it. And I'm not like trying to shame people, but it does scare me how much people are paying attention to what's going on because we live in a democracy in this country and like I'm all, I'm questioning lots of things on philosophical levels like what actually works people are voting on things and we're <laughs> making decisions on stuff we don't fully understand myself included you know what I mean it's not like I sit there and look through every single bill or every single candidate and make the most sound decisions so I'm questioning everything is what I'm saying but it's been frightening what kinds of decisions and what kind of again for the eighth trillion time for anyone listens to first of all this quote-unquote leadership that we have which i think is total bs um it's really upsetting so on a mental health level it's been chipping away at me a little bit and i feel I, you i feel you i don't know man like yeah i really do want to know what, what it's like for you being in georgia and if that does impact like you know, your environment and how you feel towards your neighbor. Cause that's all very real. Like watching the news, like it's different when I already thrown shade. So I'll just continue, but like Florida, (laughs) I don't know what to do with you, Florida. Yeah. They just opened their beaches, right? Yeah. And they, they last to close first to open. Exactly. Last to close. Thank you. And like just the decision-making process, or if you want to call it that, it's being very generous, or having the church services still, when you could do that remotely, and like the things, like, again, I, I don't question the values, but the the practical, like, logic, like, where is that? And anyway, um, but yeah. that's been, like, eating at me, because it's still, it's part of my country, and what they do in totality does affect like what if they freaking leave florida because they they don't care they don't have any stay-at-home regulations they come over to california somehow or they even go even like a little hop skip and a jump over to you and in georgia like i people i care about that are everywhere in this country and they're jeopardizing their safety that upsets me and i don't think i'm crazy or dramatic like that's science this virus is fast moving and if it wasn't coronavirus if it was something else if you're being that selfish and that short-sighted or that ignorant to science, and then you're going to jeopardize other people's lives other than yourself. I'm not okay with that. Like that angers me. And that makes me feel a level and it's wearing me out. It is wearing me out, Jen, because I, I do care. And that's something that I do like about myself, something I love about myself, but there are consequences to that too, right? On the extreme. Yes. Yes. I get worn out and I'm not doing this to praise myself. Sometimes I am very aware, like, you care too much. You need to chill out. You need to just... No, but I mean, I think you need to care because it's so easy for us to just get jaded by it. But definitely, you know, uh, have self-care so that you can save your positivity for times when people really need it because there are going to be people who listen to you and will feel so replenished by the things that you have to say. Um, I have to say, like, being in Georgia, I live in a predominantly mixed area when it comes to food and cultures 
But my neighborhood, um, majority of them are white and we're always walking the dogs and we always wave hi to our neighbors. And so far, I'm really grateful I haven't had to deal with any racism. Um, no one's saying like, go home <laughs> or like stay inside because you're Asian. Like we haven't had to experience that, deal with that. Um, but it's, it's just an eye opener that we are definitely in our own silos, even when it comes to being more liberal or, you know, a lot of our friends that we have, of course, like think the way that we do and agree with the things that we have to agree with. But it's a, it's a daily practice to try to humanize people who don't see the things that you do. And even like, like I have friends who own gyms here and, um, they're just like, we're an essential business. We should be open. Cause I get it. Cause this is their business. I wouldn't personally want to go to the gym right now. Um, and it's, it, it, it encourages me to remember. I always do have to question the people that are in power, uh, because they're feeling like, Oh, the government is just trying to control us and not let us do what Americans should be doing. But it, it's also important for us to be able to have conversations and try to open people's eyes to why we think differently. Um, but it's hard, man. And I, I saw, I saw on Facebook, like there was a protest in Huntington Beach. Was it? Yeah. That, that's the part that and I was like, like that. And that's in California, you know, and like, um, people don't have to be in Georgia to, have very conservative feelings i guess (laughs) for sure for sure and that's definitely uh, you hit the nail on the head that's like and and that didn't shock me either like they're we're all everywhere you know we uh, we as in people with differing opinions and different values and different approaches life we're everywhere you know what i mean and there are people within within our networks that you might assume are one way and you find out they're another this is a huge discovery process right like what is what our stances and I, I really love that you say having these conversations that are hard. The, it is maybe this is the next chapter and the next step is learning how to have these conversations because there are high stakes, right? If we don't yeah. learn how to, how to, uh, articulate our thoughts in a clear, <laughs> coherent way and also, and also learn how to listen, which is still an area for me to work on as a human being. So Same listen. Though. Yeah. And yeah. like really hear, okay, do, is there merit? Is there value in what you're saying? Even if I don't like you as a person, even if you rub me the wrong way, take yeah. away the emotional aspect and say, is there value in what you're saying that I could benefit from like thinking about for a second? And, and totally. that's, and see, this is where we're at. And I think it's just also the fact that we've been so divided as a country and honestly you can like scale out the world we're all like in our bubbles and thinking that we're the best and we're the right ones and we're you know there's nothing anybody can say to change my mind otherwise like that mentality or that practice that's got to go right because yeah, it's yeah it's on a macro to micro level it's very damaging it is and i think we're in ways it's easy to be enraged and I get mad all the time looking at my Twitter feed or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's also makes me on a spiritual level, like take a moment and honestly just pray because it's whether you pray or not, like, you know, there's a reason why people are encouraged to meditate. Mm-hmm. Just take a time to think about why it makes you mad and what are things that you can do? Because you can't change everyone's mind, but there is something you can do to at least add a little bit more goodness to this world. For sure. 
And yeah, I was just reminded of the difference that I'm continuously learning as an adult. Again, this is way before coronavirus, but the practice Mm -hmm. that I have to remind myself is to respond, not react. And I recognize a lot of the things that I've done have been very reactionary and they're not as responsive because I know if I step outside of myself and be like, how would Minji act if she was just reacting? It's a very clear, like snap judgment, very emotional, very, um, just like hot. Like it's like touching a raw wire kind of thing. And then responsive is, yeah, there's still a lot of emotion there. I'm a, I'm a sensitive person. I'm a passionate person, but a lot more thoughtful, a little bit more measured, Mm -hmm. a little bit, uh, clear because it's not so rapid fire. And so so it's girl, it is an ongoing thing. And I love that you mentioned meditation because I think it's another thing that people have heard about, or, you know, even if you're a completely non-spiritual person. And and some people think it's a little too granola. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And I get it. I get it. Um, but it's like eating your vegetables. People know that it's good. They, there's, I don't yeah. think there's an argument that it's not as like bad for you, but it's like removing judgment of like, am I the kind of person that meditates? Like there's some people that will roll their eyes at that, much like I've rolled my eyes at a lot of things that I now do. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think it's also like taking the time to be alone with yourself mm. and also like learning how to separate your own self from yourself because we're constantly thinking, constantly hearing other people's thoughts and different images. But when we could really be at peace mm-hmm. um, and practice that, I feel like it helps so much in the day-to-day when we do get attacked out of nowhere to, like you say, respond rather than react. For sure. And I'm curious too, if you, if you would be so open, um, how, cause I have a, everyone's in a different living situation too, right? Like I have yeah. my roommate, but literally we barely see each other. We are just in our caves. Um, he has League of Legends and his stuff and I have <laughs> my company that I'm building and voice work and stuff. So I'm like, we're barely interacting, but like other people, I think that's a luxury personally. I mean, there's downsides just like being so alone, but yeah, you have your husband, you have your dogs, mm-hmm. and then there's other people that have families and they're all like quarantined in a, in a space. How have you been like managing your relationship? Like being, I mean, you guys work together, so um, you're yeah. probably used to being around it, each other a lot. It's delicate to be honest, because, you know, it is still stressful. Half of our business we can't do because we can't go to shoots. Mm. Um, and having to learn how to remanage how we're going to do finances and also haven't, haven't heard back about the SBA stuff. Probably didn't get it because all the money's gone. I didn't get mine. Um, you know, yeah. Like all that stress. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and having to navigate, like, do I give this person space? Like, is it time to talk now? Um, cause everyone's going through their own thing mentally. I think it helps to even for me and my husband to be in separate rooms <laughs> and just be with our dogs. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just a, it's a new normal cause, um, we have nowhere else to go. So we have to get along. So right. in a way it's like, got to take the moment to just take a break or, um, reconcile a little bit quicker. It's been, it's been a good thing. Cause you know, actually tomorrow we're going to celebrate our seven years together. Ah! 
And yeah, it's crazy. Like I've been married for seven years. It's Happy wild. anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. And we've come a long way. And if we could get through this, like it'll just be another thing to add to our list of um, things we were able to fight through. Yeah. Know? Have you guys, and you don't have to answer if it's too personal, but like, have you guys fought more or was there more friction or did you kind of have a better understanding of how to address it a little more naturally? Cause I just feel like there's going to be all kinds of different collisions happening. Yeah. I, I think the latter, I think we've had to have longer conversations about why we're reacting the way that we are mm. and how we're feeling. And also him, like, I mean, honestly, we're still getting to know each other. Mm. I think that's people are always changing and you have to con- constantly get to know the person that you're doing life with Mm -hmm. and for him to say like I'm just trying to understand you better I'm just trying to get to know you better I'm sure some people might be like okay it's in seven years and you don't know that person but it's because we're always changing and I love that he's able to say like I'm just trying to understand you better I'm just trying to know you better because that means he's not he doesn't think he has it all figured out I think when we think we've got something all figured out then that's when we become really vulnerable For sure. That was, that's been an ongoing habit of mine in relationships that I've noticed in like assessing past relationships that I would use like past data way too much. I was like, oh, well, you're this kind of person. But that's like, realistically, I'm like, that's that former version of themselves, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're basing their current state and their future based on like everything they've done before. It's a faulty way to like apply. And so I feel like it's a good reminder of relationships to acknowledge we are different in different circumstances. And we're also different as people because we're always changing. I think hopefully for the better, if we're maturing, right? If we're Mm -hmm. becoming more mature, more wise, better communicators, and we're not regressing (laughs) and like going backwards, but mm-hmm. I think that's really great. And I, I just love you guys as a couple so much. And I love your love. And I just, I, I said this before we started recording, but in a lot of ways, you, you guys are like goals to me because Thank you. there's a lot of, F- it's not like, oh, everything's perfect and everything just meshes so well. It's not that. No, it's no. like, you guys are very two fully formed human beings. You put in the work and it shows because you guys have love because you do work like in a good way. Yeah. And, you know, I grew up, like I said, in a divorced family and I've seen my mom in a lot of relationships and all at the end of the day, people just want to be loved. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm I just want to give hope to people like you don't have to feel like you're cursed because my grandma also was left by her husband. And a part of me almost had this you know, narrative in my head that I was next. Right. Ooh. And. And it's not to say like me and John won't go through troubles in the future again and like question what state we're in. But I will say here that we are trying and we work through it and Mm -hmm. it's not impossible. Yeah. Oh, thank you for saying, honestly, for someone like me to hear this is, I'll I'll say to add to that in terms of self-care stuff, um, I am doing therapy. I'm taking my funds Amazing. that are limited and um she's been really wonderful and so if anybody's interested like i i feel like at this point i can sing betterhelp.com's praises um oh yes i've heard of them yeah and honestly compared to a lot of other things and i know that people are not swimming in money right now it's not, it, it it can totally be a luxury but i i would love to build an argument for 
how it could be prioritized as one of the most vital essentials. Cause mm-hmm. the things that I'm processing through mentally and emotionally with forgiveness and with trauma, like acknowledging things that have traumatized me in my life that mm-hmm. have made me adopt certain beliefs and have certain behaviors that really hurt me along the way. Yeah. That translates to everything that translates to personal, like, romantic relationships, relationships with my family, especially my relationship with myself. Um, Mm. the way I view money, the way that I value my time, the way that I like have self-worth or lack of, you know what I mean? And that is directly related. I mean, this is you as a person, right? So this is what you put your output, like the things that you do in life, your habits, your, um, the way that you spend or don't spend or you save or you self-sabotage or, you know, there's all kinds of different ways that we cope with trauma, with fear, with anxiety, with depression. And if that core part of ourselves doesn't go healed and it doesn't, if it's left unaddressed, right? It's like a freaking blob and it takes over everything. And so in being able to reflect on, many decades of my life and behavior and how things have interconnected. I'm recognizing a lot of patterns. Um, Mm -hmm. And for me trying to release things, I'm still in the process of that so that I can prosper and make money and have good relationships and in general Mm -hmm. feel good about life. And I think, you know, again, on the very practical financial side, it's not like everybody has, a ton of money to spend. But if we have limited resources and we're going to think about where to put those resources, I would, I would, in terms of like getting help, whatever that means. And if, if that even means like not paying for therapy, but listening to like a free therapist on YouTube, because that's Mm. something that's at your disposal. Yes. I I think that that's a form of self-love. That to me is like, Fight for yourself, fight for your peace of mind and fight for your healthiness, your health and well-being as much as you would fight for the person that you outside of yourself that you love the most. Even if it was like your dog, yeah. you know, some people don't have people that they love, but they would like destroy a person that like mistreats their pet. Right. 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 Translate that same level of devotion and love to yourself, even if it's incremental because it is mad uncomfortable. It's weird to like look at yourself that way because we're used to not doing that. Right. Yeah. Um, that's just my resource or tidbit. It has been, yes, tell them Minji, tell so them. So helpful. <laughs> and there are so many things that I feel like I've held my own self back on. And there's so many ways that I feel like I hurt a lot of people in my life. And there's a lot of ways that other people hurt me that I didn't ever give proper like credit to quote unquote. Mm-hmm. I just like, but I, I made think excuses. It, yeah. yeah. I think it's really encouraging for even someone like me, who's a friend to hear that you are taking steps to even dissect further because someone could look at, you know, what you post online and be like, wow, Minji literally takes care of so much stuff. She is on top of her stuff. Like even she would like to take time to do therapy and better herself. I think that's that's where we're able to spread a new dialogue because, mm-hmm. you know, especially with our parents, going to see a therapist was not an option. Mm-hmm. It's just something you could not imagine doing because how dare you? Right. 
And even the part that wanted that, like yearned for that, I wouldn't allow it. Like, it's just like, mm. like exactly that. How dare you? <laughs> like it, yeah. it is, it's to me, it was a big admission of weakness. It was an admission of, I can't do this by myself. I don't have yes. it handled. And that is true. I did not have it handled by myself and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. And that's the thing. Like, I think that's where the conversation's shifting because before it was more like, what? You don't have it all together, but now people are more uh, gracious and understanding that we all lack something, mm-hmm. all of us. So it's now to see, it's great to see like, oh yeah, of course you do. So what are you going to, what, what are you doing for self-development? You know, mm-hmm. I think there's a reason why there's so many podcasts and there's so many self-help books because we're all yearning to better ourselves and know that like, we can't always have it all together. For sure. And Rarely, I'm I'm on this radical except I love that you're talking about radical transparency and honesty. I love it. And and in tandem with that, because you're the one that brought that into my life. And we can talk about that if you want, <laughs> real quick. Um, but also like radical acceptance and radical responsibility is yeah. is a theme that I'm I'm doing my best to incorporate in my life because if I'm gonna be if I'm gonna move forward, I can't deny what is what it is right now. Say, okay, you know what? This totally. is what it is. This is, this is God awful right now. This is a sad moment in history. It's scary. It's, I'm, I'm scared. I'm worried. And then like, this is what it is. Where are we going from here? And so that's actually been helping me because it's not like, not the mindset of like, this isn't happening. This isn't real life. This is, this is not my life. This is not me. This is not who I am. No, it's actually the opposite of like, no, this is, this is what's going on. Yeah. It is happening. It's coming at us fast. Yeah. And, and then it's like, how are we going to respond to that? Exactly. And, and also the, the responsibility part of like, okay, I'm not happy with X, Y, and Z accepting that this, this part of my life, not particularly feeling good about it. And that's mm-hmm. my job. Well, the, the main person that can do anything to truly impact that is me. What what are we going to do now? <laughs> like, we're, exactly. We're gonna take responsibility. I'm like, but it's so much yeah. easier to blame. <laughs> Yeah. And that's why, like, even having this conversation of what self-care looks like, it's so different for all of us. Yeah. Um, Because maybe there are people who have meditated their whole lives and they have to do something different. Yeah. You know, this could be your time to try something completely different. Yeah. And um, but I think you won't know what you have to do if you don't know yourself, ultimately. For sure. And I love that that's like the core of what you're your practices. And it's not even just what you're saying, Jen, it's like what you're doing. I just appreciate it. And it's honestly been very inspiring for me why I wanted to reach out and like have this conversation because your, your truth about what you are thinking, feeling and experiencing, it does open up other people to be able to do the same in their version. Right. And Thank you. honestly, that's all we can ask for at this point. Totally. Like, um, so, so much of us, I don't know, there's like, like we always say, there's so many things we could talk about for hours, but I think about who I was when I was younger and how meek I was or how I didn't want to step on any toes. And even now, me wanting to say what I want to say isn't so that I could um, push back necessarily, although it might feel that way. It's really just so I can create that space for myself. Because if I can be fully myself, then I could allow someone else to be fully themselves too. But if I'm not being honest, then I'm just being a faker. Right, right. That's a scary thing to face, but you facing it, girl. It's brave. Thank you. Trying, trying. Yeah. Well, every day. That's why it's also the mentality. 
to bring this all full circle, if we're working on the self-care, working on like the betterment of our situations, our circumstances and ourselves, I think I've, I've benefited off of like being very micro about it and very incremental Mm -hmm. and not expecting like the entire universe and your entire being is not going to change overnight, nor do you want everything to change. Right. But yeah, for me, I'm cool with like the one degree shift. Like if I am one degree better or like 1% feeling better about something than yesterday, that's progress. It's half a percent. It's fine. More like, yeah, learning that every little step makes a difference. You know, I I really think that when it comes to my mood and my accomplishments, if I think about a month and let's say every week is a step, I think I take three steps forward and one step back regularly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that because I know, like, even if it's two, like three steps, no, two steps forward and two steps back, it's not that I haven't gotten very far. I, I know still. I'm not going to let myself stay backwards. I'm going to keep moving forward at some point. For sure. It's going to come in waves. Like that's, that's for damn sure. <laughs> it's like, yes, I, I ran a mile. And then the next month it's like, I moved two feet. I think. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like I survived. Yeah, literally. Yeah. So uh, I give credit to people because surviving too is, that's not an easy thing, especially when you have so many things stacked against you. So I personally like, I don't know. All I care about, it's not the you should, you should, you should. It's like you can do these things. And I hope that yeah. people will do better for themselves because we will all benefit. And same thing with social distancing. We all benefit if we just like slow this thing down and yes, figure out yes. a way to address it. That's why I got shout out to all the scientists. Like I have so much appreciation for the people who are, there's people fighting for all of us. We need to remember that too. Yeah, they're doing really hard work. And yeah. um, I can only imagine the frustration they feel when you're doing all this work and people aren't listening. Yeah, I mean, that's why I was like, I, I saw some clips of like outrage from, from healthcare workers and rightfully so. I was cheering them on because they're like screaming at these protesters being like, mm-hmm. y'all are blocking my road to get to work to save your relative's yes. life. Like, what are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. you are making this problem worse when like the, you know, and it's not to discount because I do see the practical side of like people wanting to work and people wanting to get back to a normalcy and, and wanting to survive. That's not coming from like some of the, some of the media messaging around it has been pretty whack in terms of like showing these like ignorant people like, I want to go get my hair dyed. Like that's it. no Karen. Like no one cares about you getting your hair dyed because <laughs> your hair can wait. Yeah. People are actually dying. But I do understand, and this is where I like had to check myself in my emotional re- reaction, right? That there are people who are genuinely suffering because of the, the economy and they do want to work and they do feel healthy and able to do it. And that's where I do call out leadership and I do call out people who have not been taking heed of things that were well in place and well advised and well warned, like for a long time before this happened and doing the right thing, getting the right heads together and taking action in a way that can help us. And the fact that I just have to call it out because it it is really pissing me off. The fact that the president of the United States, who was warned about this months before this ever happened, where we got the same, same confirmed coronavirus case as Korea. And we, we Mm -hmm. have a comparison of like how things were handled. Mind you, they're a much smaller company. Company, company, country. What the fuck? See, I'm thinking of Trump <laughs> Tower as a company. Excuse me. It's not a company. It's a country. But like he has 
He is literally offloading his responsibility in terms of coming up with some national strategy for testing the things that the federal government, that this is where our tax dollars go to. And this is their job is to come up with some sort of implement, like executable plan and putting that all on the states. And all the states have such different leadership, such different agendas, such different values, such different like resources and capability that blows my mind. And like nothing makes me more mad about having our president than the fact that he lacks humility. And, you know, people mess up all the time, but he wants all the credit, but no responsibility. Yeah. And it is grinds my gears. It is a lethal lack of responsibility. Like it is killing people. So that's where it's like, yeah, I've been severely angry and annoyed and this is just next level rage. So I need to express that openly because I'm calling everybody out in terms of people from different parts of the world, listen to this podcast, but there's power in us as individuals and however we want to strategize that creatively to be implemented in our respective worlds. I mean, yeah. That's where I, I do want people to think really hard. And it is part of our self-preservation because at the end of the day, there are powers in place that that do dictate outcomes in our lives, like healthcare. Yeah. Like yes. you and me not having the ability to get tested when we needed to and when we need yeah. to now, that is not entirely in our control. So then we have to like pull our levers where we can, in my opinion. Yeah. In Georgia, um, they, Georgia was called out because they weren't putting on, um, test results, like what race people Mm -hmm. were Mm -hmm. that were being tested. And they finally added it on Friday. So all of our data is just like messed up too. So we can't even learn from this. Yeah. It's been very ad hoc and just like randomly done. It's like Mm -hmm. a better word. So in any case, we're, we, we cannot reverse or change the past, but we can definitely learn from it. Yes. And figure out ways to be better moving forward. But I don't mean to end the the conversation on that sour note, but I do think it's an important thing to recognize. And hopefully like, I don't know. I, I believe that there's tons of smart people out there. If we can like resolve our personal stuff, then there, it honestly makes more space for us to help each other too. It's a balance. And so yeah. that's why I care about people like doing the self-care and doing their therapy, because I do know that people really do want to help others too. I think we get a lot of satisfaction out of that and we can better help each other like when we're better. So. Yeah. And I think this, hopefully people will take away from it. Just find what you think you need. And if you just need to take a moment of doing nothing to figure out what you want to do next, like take that moment and, um, let it be a time to really just get to know yourself. Yes. Because you're good. You Gucci. Okay. Jen and I love you is what we're saying. Yes. <laughs> we love you. And you're going to do better than survive. You're going to thrive. Yes. That's the plan. Oh, <laughs> I love you so much, Jen. Is there, are there any like closing words of encouragement, advice, resources you want to share? Sure. I love you too, Minji. And I just want to thank you for continuously creating content during this time. I know it's hard to um, have the energy and the heart to want to do good when you feel like you're surrounded by so many bad news. But uh, people like you help us uh, go through every single day when we can listen or watch something new. Um, I would say, no, just continue to um, get to know yourself 
as an individual and don't be scared to try new things. Count your blessings and um, tell the people that you love that you love them. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much for your kind words. I appreciate you so much. And um, I'm actually featuring your music. Oh, yay. At the end of this episode, because that's what I got to do for my girl. Because you tell I chose the I chose the song broke because I love it. Because you and John I think, are so cute. I think it's fitting, and it's kind of fitting, and I just love it. But um, if people want to follow you and know about your music, your company, all that stuff, where can they find you? Yeah, you could just search Jennifer Chung C H U N G. All my socials are pretty much Jennifer J Chung. And yeah, say hi, listen to my music. It really helps out. Every stream counts, and sharing my music helps me out a lot too. And um, I'll be sharing new projects that I make with my husband. Yeah. I love it. Um, and yeah, thank you again for this episode. Okay. We, we, we spawned other conversations. This K beauty one has to happen. (laughs) It has to. It's been on the back burner for way too long. We got to unpack that. Um, but thank you again for being amazing, amazing guests on first of all. And if you out there listening, enjoyed this episode and feel like it could be helpful, inspiring, uplifting to anybody, please do share it and feel free to subscribe, leave a five-star review. I I truly appreciate it. It is a good dopamine kick for me. uh, Feeling encouraged in this crazy, crazy time and um, looking forward to sharing more conversations. Thank you to Marvin Yue, my audio engineer and producer. Thank you so much for holding it down for first of all. And uh, thank you to Aquafina for use of her song, Yellow Ranger for the intro and thank you to jennifer chung for her song broke for the outro and uh yeah i'm a proud member of the potluck podcast collective which is a collective of asian american podcasters and storytellers you can hit me up follow me at minjeezy you can email me at first of all pod at gmail.com you can become a supporter at patreon um at patreon.com slash first of all podcast but that is it for me for this episode and this conversation with the lovely Jennifer. Thank you, Jen, again. Thank you. And everyone out there, take care of yourselves. Wash your hands, sleep, hydrate, exercise, all the things. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. I was minimum wage, living off little, dismissing my age. Trapped in a phase, reliving my past, slow passing away. Drama. I was casting a play, and finding success was paths in a maze. Girls would laugh in my face, passing the shade with sass in her braids. Uh. But still in a passionate place, dreaming of chatting and rapping for sway. Hey, Brian, did you go to Saturday school as a kid? I sure did. Did you? Totally. Well, at our podcast, Saturday School, we don't teach a language, but we pass along the culture that we do know. And that's Asian American pop culture. Ada is a journalist, and I'm a professor and film festival programmer. We've watched a lot of great Asian American movies, and we want you to watch them too. Come listen to us as we look back at the pioneering films that have led us to today. 